0: Hey, I'm Luis. And I'm Luis. Listening to the Content is Profit Part. And we spent the last four years learning the strategies and techniques from some of the top markers in the world on how to create content that turns into profit. If
1: you'd like to learn how to turn that content into profit, just go to contentsprofit.com. There's a small surprise in there for you.
0: Come oh, yeah. And oh, today, legendary guest and legendary topic, how to baby. solve problems and drive revenue like a ninja. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. Behind camera, you were trying to make a joke. I think
1: that, you know. know, for those watching related, the live yes. behind the scenes, but they will hopefully understand. Uh, before we get started, Fancy, do we have a sponsor today? Whoa, thank you for asking. And indeed we
0: do. Say what? Today's sponsor is your own, The Biz Bros. What? Let's go. We sponsor so. our own episodes. <laughs> and today's sponsor so smart. is the program Content yeah. Momentum. That's right. And you might be asking yourself, what is that? Well, if you produce a long-form piece of content, Content just like this one that you're listening to or watching, and you want to turn it into value packed bite size assets. So <laughs> then you can send that them, like, little saying. minions yes. into social media to amplify your contribution and get yourself some new clients. Then we want to help you out. That's Please right, slide into the DMs at Biz Brosco on Facebook, on Instagram, whatever you want. Yeah. We are in there. Don't forget to subscribe.
1: Hit smash that subscribe button so you know when those episodes are on your phone every Tuesday, Thursdays, and
0: Saturdays. And don't forget to follow us on social media at Biz Brosco, like Fonzie just mentioned. That is right. And if mm. you find this episode impactful, please or only ask is for you to share with somebody we never know who we can impact whose life we can change with today's message and today's that's guest right. so please, right. please 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 share it and and don't forget to give us a five-star review thank oh, you oh so beautiful
1: <laughs> okay legendary guest alert today we have e-commerce royalty in the content is profit house we first connected with him on Clubhouse and we managed to get him on the show thanks to the one and only Bart Miller. Episode
0: 56. Go check him out. That is true. We all should have worn a hat, a cowboy <laughs> yeah. hat, in today's honor just for Bart. Either way, today's guest is a business catalyst. He is one of those entrepreneurs that move fast and is lethal. And he does <laughs> at what he does, we yes. can even say he is a ninja <laughs> I
1: see I see what you did there Fancy Good Good stuff Okay And you're right Today's guest Has built 176 new Shopify sites In 9 months And He has a radio show Since 2011 In which he has Interviewed entrepreneurs Such as Tim Ferriss And Neil Patel Not to mention That he is a record holder On what? I have no idea We'll definitely have to ask him As soon as we start
0: the show I know I'm so <laughs> curious And I think it's so epic That he had You know Tim Ferriss Neil oh, Patel yes. And he's been published since 2011 how epic is that i'm so pumped up please welcome host of the biz ninja entrepreneur radio Mm. amazing father of four and the biz ninja himself
2: (laughs) tyler jerkerson (laughs) i'm loving the hype man this is amazing let's go
0: Tyler. Tyler, I was afraid we weren't gonna be able to find you. We were hiding in the shadows, like a ninja or something like that. You know, but he, he's
1: still working I'm, that joke. Him it, sneaking out. I um, know. It, I mean, is that joke worth it, Tyler? I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm
0: just,
2: <laughs> you know, it, it's interesting. I started using the Biz Ninja term uh, back in 2011 when I started that sh- when I started my radio show. And I feel like since then, everyone's become, like, they've really used the ninja term. <laughs> so we still, we still hang on to it. We're still one of the one of the early ninjas.
0: Uh, uh, I love it. That's I know. pretty cool. Uh, but, you know, like, I actually Googled it up. I put define ninja in Google. And the informal definition is a person who excels in a particular skill or activity. Mm. You know, it makes total sense, Tyler, after looking at your story and all the things that you have done and created – you are definitely a ninja man you are a a contemporary ninja i guess
2: Contemporary
0: Ninja, I like that Yes, Tyler, uh, since, I, I,
1: you know, I was not familiar with, with your show, with your radio show You've had amazing people in there uh, Alex Ramosi, personal favorite interview So, you know, there's amazing, amazing stuff in there And obviously we'll dive into your show But for those who don't know you Do you want to give us a little bit of your backstory? Like, how did this, like, the publishing start? Like, what are you doing with Shopify? And just, like, making amazing, creating amazing momentum, right? With With the people that you help Yeah
2: so I've, I've really been an entrepreneur since I was a kid, like five years old, all my na- all the neighborhood kids got allowance. I didn't get allowance, but I still wanted to go to the corner store and buy sweets, right? Like, mm. so I, I realized there's a first problem. I got, If I want sweets, I need money, let's figure it out. So I pick flowers from the old lady around the corner, I'd pick them from her front yard, I'd wrap them up in a little bouquet and I'd sell them to her right? So they were our own flowers.
0: Yeah, But it was like
2: the beginning, like even at five years old, I realized if there's something that you want, you can whine about it or you can find some kind of a solution. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it, it, 12 years old, I started, you know, I had a paper route for years and then mm-hmm. I, uh, I launched my first legal business when I was 18 years old. And then 22, I bought a restaurant and then, you know, by 25, I owned a mortgage company and I just I was always looking for that yeah. next thing. So when it the economy crashed in like 2008, 2010 timeframe. I got into e-commerce because of the book, The 4-Hour Workweek. And I built a business that would be able to really run without me for the most part and really have the 4-Hour Workweek lifestyle. And I mm-hmm. realized when I did that, that I loved the idea of creating something and launching it. That's my favorite part. Yeah. So now I come into other businesses and, and help them really get that catalyst, that big, big leap mm-hmm. of momentum.
0: Wow. I I love the the timestamps on the story. And let me tell, I I do have a a very specific question about this. Did the lady knew it was her flowers, the ones that you were selling to her?
2: Absolutely. And she was a repeat customer until I uh, moved out of the area eight years later.
0: Uh, Wow. How how amazing. I love how, you know, how supportive the community can be in those aspects when they see a kid, someone, you know, trying to be resourceful at the end of the day. You're like, how can I solve my problem of getting candy? And then you started doing it.
2: Yeah. I- I'm curious. It, you- it was nice. It, got, it came to a point where I would show up and I didn't have to sell her something. She would just give me candy or sweets or you know, <laughs> cookies or something. Right. So, Look at yeah. that. wow. That's yeah. amazing. Were, the, the were, your,
0: were your parents entrepreneurs as well?
2: No, but my, my dad is entrepreneurial, like minded. Um, but I think I have a, an, a, much different or more aggressive risk appetite, right? I'm willing to be like, I'm overly comfortable with risk where I think some people who have the ideas of being self-employed or being an entrepreneur, they're not ready to take that level of risk. It's pretty, you've got to be real willing to go to the bottom. So,
1: okay. So on the risk side of things, right? Like, um, have you always been like that because you know i relate with your story on on the candy side of thing for us with soccer jerseys like we will go to this market yeah. and we'll buy the shirts let's say five bucks and then we'll go to our school and they they were counterfeit shirts they looked exactly the same <laughs> but then our friends will pay 25 bucks and the original version was 60 bucks right so it was a win-win for everybody right so i relate with that part oh, wow. of- <laughs> not for everybody well, hey, Adidas it, and Nike, they weren't very happy with that. Right? <laughs> <Adidas and laughs> Nike, not much. It's okay. so much. <laughs> sorry, Adidas. Sorry, Nike. Uh, Everybody involved. Like <laughs> Everybody involved. Exactly. 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 <laughs> Good. Yeah. Th- thank you guys for, uh, you know, putting me in my place. Anyways, but I-, I relate with that, right? Because he came out of the need because our parents weren't like, we're not giving you money go figure it out, right? Uh, and that was the solution. And then we sold also like these CDs with uh, mixed music. We will burn the CD and like sell in stool with the mixes and stuff like that. So I relate yeah. with that side of things. But risk in on our case, or at least in my case, I don't know, Fancy, but it has never been that thing because for us, the North was always soccer. And then we kind of took those, at the athlete side of things. We were D1 soccer players and, and we were in Europe as well. And now we kind of brought some of that into the entrepreneurial journey in the last five years. But risk was never like I was always kind of scared of it, right? Like for you, were you always like, let's let's do it, right? I don't I don't really, you know. What what was your journey? Then? So
2: yeah, I think that's a really good question. So I, I'm a I'm a family man. I've got four kids and a family, and so risk is different. I think at different stages of life. So um, you know, when I was 18 and I started my first retail company selling snowboards, it was really moderate risk. I, it wasn't aggressive risk. I I would. Uh, you know, I had a list of suppliers and the, somebody would pick out their first choice and second choice mm-hmm. Then I would go to my supplier and buy it. I, I floated the, the clients money really really low risk, right? Yeah um, as, as companies get bigger the risk increases, but I, I'm still very like I'm I'm open to risk I'm willing to do it, yeah. but I'm not blind right like I'm not gonna take the big thing I learned from 2000 like the Great Recession Is like I I need to have a a war chest because even if I'm willing to take risk, like I've got a team of 20 people, I'm not going to risk their stuff. I'm not going to risk their livelihoods, right? So I've got to be able to communicate in advance to them. And I mean, risk doesn't always pay out. I mean, I got I got hammered in the recession. It was a horrible time. Yeah. Um. And so you, but but at the same time, like I knew as hard as that was, that there was another opportunity that could take me out of it. Yeah. And so. I think for me, it, it, it's mitigating risk, but then just realizing we, we don't have one opportunity. We don't have one like we're like the anti M and M, right? We don't have one shot, one opportunity, <laughs> right? We there's a lot of things coming our way, and it really comes down to like, okay, that one didn't work, or or I did that one wrong, and it didn't. I didn't get the results I wanted. Yeah, learn and move to the next thing.
0: Yeah, well, I I, I love that first. I'm going to start using the anti-M&M. Um, I don't know if I said his name right. I say M&M like the chocolates. But we all know we're talking about the rapper here. Uh, don't worry, Tyler. I will definitely, definitely say I learned learned that from you. But from that, what you just shared with us, I have two specific questions, right? The first one is, in your eyes, what is aggressive risk, right, for for entrepreneurs, uh, whether Should they avoid it? Obviously, it depends. It's a little subjective, I feel, on on people's situation. And, and, you know, for example, I don't have a family of my own. I don't have kids like my brother. Um, So probably... I'm your your family. (laughs) So probably I could take a little bit of more risk right on that side. And then the other one is... How do you – that that mindset on looking on opportunities, how do you keep your eyes open and instead of – folk, you know, so I, I feel like a lot of people just go on, like, yeah. this is my path. Like, I can only do this instead of where are the problems that I can probably solve and help people in here.
2: So there's a couple things to unpack there, and I think one of them is, um, like, how do you pursue opportunities? And, you know, you mentioned Alex Ramosi earlier. He's a, a friend of mine, and he and I were talking once and right before he launched he really leaned in hard to gym launch and what he's doing now Mm. and we were talking about the concept that it takes the same amount of energy to pursue a level 10 opportunity Mm. as it does to pursue like a level two or three opportunity so like you might as well be picky about which one you're going to go all in on yeah um and so but but also like that might be predicated upon how much risk you can you can stomach so like at the time He he and Layla weren't married. He didn't have kids. Like Mm. he could take a higher level of risk than I could take as a Mm. father of four, who you know had different different things. Now it doesn't mean that's not an excuse to not play big, but it means we're playing with a different deck, right? And that's okay. We have different hands to play. So you know he was able to lean go completely all in. Where like what I have is I'm like okay I'm gonna go I'm gonna play pretty aggressive on like a level five opportunity get that to a point of stability and then like have that put that on autopilot and go chase level 10. Right. And that's just because I'm not willing to go back to like, I'll go to zero, but I won't put, I won't put my, my family to zero ever again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I relate. And thank you for that. Right. Because you know, uh, when we first started the business, it was obviously the two of us and we did uh, stickers and then we did screen printing T-shirts and then it evolved to social media and then video production and now we do all this stuff with content and and it's been all fun, right? But I remember about a year ago or like September 2019, it was the first time that we made a very big investment for us, right? I I took basically a $40,000 personal loan to quit my job so we could do this full time at the time, right? My wife definitely agreed with that, which is awesome. I I thank you, Kate. And then but then we went to this event and we hire first coach ever for twenty five grand. So that chopped my my loan for half. Yeah. And Katie did not know this about like almost like 3 months ago, right? So she's like thank God it all worked out, right? But but that was my risk, right? And and I remember it like it was a really challenging decision to make at the time because first we didn't have the cash, we didn't have the cash flow, but that coach was exactly what we needed to move things to the next level, right? So yeah. uh is there a framework that you you might use to assess different opportunities? Uh, for us was literally like we in deep in ourselves we knew that was the path that we needed to take for X amount of reasons. Like we were very indoctrinating what they did, like we were getting results at some level and we're like that's exactly what we need. But is there a framework that you might follow where like hey I spotted an opportunity level three, level five, level six? Should I run it through this framework? If it, you know, comes out great, I take it. Or is it just, yeah, by feeling?
2: Uh, Yeah, I mean a little bit of a framework. I think what's like when you're referring to like whether or not to work with a coach or whether or not who to hire, I don't look at those as necessarily business opportunities as much as just strategic moves within the opportunity, right? Your opportunity was the business that you're pursuing, right? And the and then you had strategic decisions of how to move within that. So for me, like the opportunity, what type of business or what type of thing to pursue, um, it comes down to a couple of factors. Like one, is it already in your wheelhouse, right? So if somebody is trying to make the move from employee to self-employed or from self-employed to business owner, right? if they're trying to make that shift, you have to say, like, do I have the skills to run this as a business yeah. instead of as a job? Because they're not the same thing. You could be a phenomenal graphic designer, doesn't mean you should own a graphic design company, yeah. unless you have the stomach to be the un- like. Really, you have to then start leaving the graphic design right and saying, okay, I'm going to hire people to do that if you're truly going to be a business owner. So, mm. kind of like step one is, do you have the do you have the the chops to do the the job or the business you're yeah. trying to pursue? And if you don't, then okay, like are, are you gonna hire that or are you gonna partner that, right? Do you have yeah. the resource to either go hire those expertise or go, you know, or, or just bring partners in? And, I, and I, I don't think you should ever bring a partner in that is someone that you could have just paid and hired, mm-hmm. right? The, the partner should be someone that fills a higher level need than just a task. Yeah. It should be like, I need this to have a balance in, my, in, in a higher level resources. So yeah. kind of chipping away at that and coming back to the last thing, I think step one in that framework of like, how do I choose which opportunity is, just realize two things. There's not just one opportunity and it's okay to pursue an opportunity and then abandon it. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm, I'm a big believer of like, start. Just don't waste time in getting the first like brick laid of, in down the road, yeah. right? Just get it started, but then be super honest with yourself and maybe set up like several gates. Like, okay, I'm gonna pursue this up until I get my first sale. And then I'm gonna reevaluate if I'm enjoying it. Cause you may not, you, you may realize <laughs> yes. like, oh, this was a grass is greener situation. I don't actually enjoy this yeah. business. Yeah. Uh, and then another one would be like, okay, so typically what we do in e-commerce is we say, the first gate is the first sale. That's not your mom or your sister or your friend, right? Like the first stranger <laughs> that buys from you, yeah. then getting to a thousand dollars a day in sales. And then, you know, then getting to like hundred grand, like six figures plus a month. Beyond that, it comes down to just how aggressive you're going to be. Mm. So at each of those gates, like it's also okay to look back on the business and say, does this suck? Like, do I like this? Yeah. So, And that can either be a shift of the business or a shift of how you're running it. Yeah. And yeah. so to me, like just keeping the mindset is like, there's not just one opportunity. There's not just one business, one e-com store, one, yeah. one, you know, podcast topic, whatever. There's countless. Yeah. yeah absolutely. That, that's the first framework. I I
0: love that that pivoting mindset and, you know, the fact that someone with such an experience is sharing openly about, hey, it's okay to pivot because I feel like so many people just get stuck into, you know, hammering that opportunity, even if like nothing's in there and then they just get drained and and they don't get anywhere. Right. And at the end, they just want to either quit or not even pivot. It's like either totally (laughs) quit or just keep at it until it, it magically works. And that kind yeah. of, I'm curious now because in here in the intro we said right that you have bi- you have built over 170 Shopify stores in the last nine months. Have have those been part of a pivoting? Uh, I guess a strategy for y- for you has uh, has those been for clients? I'm extremely curious now. Yeah,
2: yeah. That, that specific project was something that I, I worked on with a, with a team for an investment firm, mm-hmm. and so my job in that was to come up with the idea the domain the branding the build out and then the first batch of products and then i'd hand it over to our our marketing team wow. um i i have done a lot of other more a lot more than that number of stores yeah. for other clients and and other things um, and then i've also like i've sold five of my own brands and i'm and i'm mm-hmm. constantly looking at new ones to launch and so right now like what i did for the last year is i said hey i'm not going to launch anything we're going to focus on our agency where we where we help other people scale their e-com brands yeah all of 2020 2021 we'll start looking at opportunities again so i'm right at this point where we're starting to evaluate okay yeah. i could pursue this product and brand or i could maybe do this one or maybe you know what neither of these are big enough play we'll just wait like no rush yeah but yeah. uh you know so i hope that answered the question. yeah
0: no definitely and i i see a pattern in there that can be useful for people right and and we often talk about this with content is do the content at first right put it out there that's the most important part And then you can go back, revisit, reflect on that content, learn from it, right? If you didn't feel good doing it, right? If you think you failed, and I'm doing air quotes in here, we call them (laughs) samples, right? You can actually learn from it and then do another piece of content. And and it's a cycle. And it's the same cycle I'm, I'm, I'm seeing right now with your business, right? You're like, okay, we were doing this. Right. We reflected. We're like, no, let's transition into agency. And now in 2021, it's like, okay, we did it. Let's reflect again. Where is the next part? So I think it's like a constant, you know, a constant circle or that where we're going about executing, learn, reflecting, learning, and then executing again. And we just go and go all over. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Cool. I, don't, you know, I like it. Like it. Now, in
1: my, in my head, I'm going, so Tyler, like, so you know where my head is at. Like the last probably three weeks is been around framework, right? Because mm-hmm. we, we, on ourselves, like what we execute for clients and what we do for us and for the show, it's a framework on how we thought the content should be produced because we didn't have time, right? Like to execute to the point that, you know, when we first started selling it about two years ago, uh, we had a, a meeting with a bunch of business owners and they're like, where's your stuff, right? And we're like, ah, like gut punch right and right now i would say you know you know athletic uh, was a uh olympic medalist right that they have their coaches and we can execute for you and here are the results but that comment like felt really real at the time because i I wasn't doing it right like i I didn't feel like i I had the the, the, experience. the the experience and the confidence to, to potentially do that, right? So that's why the sure. show started like after COVID stuff and before that and, and there's that system. So lately the the word framework has been like I'm the operator if you haven't r- realized by that yet. By that yet like I'm the integrator is that what it is? Yeah, <laughs> so, I,
0: I, I'm, I'm the dreamer. Right? the I dreamer, right? Here. So
1: it's like he, he yeah. go, comes up with the awesome ideas and then I'm like okay how can we execute this consistently right with a team or ourselves or what, how, what, what's the thing, right? So has that for like on the framework side for you, like on your show or on your business? I see there's a pattern there. Do you did you identify that from the very beginning, or how was your experience learning that lesson? If you actually learned that lesson, uh, or was it just natural to you?
2: <laughs> and are you talking about kind of that general like feedback loop that we exactly. just talked? Is that the framework? Sure. Um, I think it came from my desire to like I. So I love starting. Mm. And for a long time, I thought like, oh, like I need to go fix this weakness of that I'm not as good at running, mm. right? I, I'm not as good at building things like, you know, so I'm really good at taking a business to like the first million dollars, yeah. right? Zero to hundred grand a month. That, that's my sweet spot. Or some, if a business is stuck at like 30, 40, 50, okay, like how, how can we move it fast? And I've, and I've worked in a lot of industries. And so I, there's not many industries I can't help make that solution. Mm-hmm. And I used to see it as a weakness. And then I finally just said, you know what? No, like that's actually like my superpowers. There's so many people that suck at starting. Mm. They can't even get that they're like, they'll be talking about starting an e-com store for years. And I'm like, How, yeah. you should have tried like five by now, but they can't <laughs> even start.
1: Yeah, yeah. So
2: for like, really like that that framework came in from me just accepting where my strengths are. So like you mm. recognizing you're, you're an implementer and you're a dreamer, like, and, and being okay that you don't have every strength. Yeah. that was the biggest thing for me yeah. like I'm like no I'm good at starting so I'm gonna hire an implementer and I'm gonna hire an operations person I'm gonna hire and I'm gonna bring a team around me yeah so I can be what I do what I'm good at I love just relationships I love connecting I love starting I love having the ideas and then you know if, and if the team gets stuck I'm really good about okay we, here's how we're gonna get unstuck but then I'm gonna trust them to do their job and just get get you know get the stuff done yeah, yeah. so it's not a framework of complexity. It's a framework of simplicity of like yes. lean into what you're good at and be willing to change, like ah, be yeah. willing
0: to pivot. So I, I love this. It actually reminds me of a story we heard about 800 got junk. I don't know if you know about the company. I think the yep. one of the operators in that company, he, um, these numbers, I don't, I don't remember the exact numbers, but let's say he grew the company from like 50 million to a hundred million. And then he couldn't scale it past that. And they had to bring someone new. So the guy gave a talk where he was like, I was okay with it because I knew that was my power. Like I yep. that is where I work the best, is when I grab companies in like the fifty million range yeah. and I can take him to nine figures. And then they need somebody else that can do nine figures and above, right? So they're all
2: different skills for sure. Yeah. yeah.
0: So I love you sharing this. Because I, in a, in a sense, I feel like for me, that was eye opening because I always thought if you have a business, you are, you know, you write it till <laughs> you die, pretty much like you grow it until the end. And now I'm like, it is not like that. Right. Like kind of like gives me permission on, you know, perform where your strengths are. And then it's okay to hand it over to yeah. someone that is way better than you at that other step yeah. of the process.
1: I mean, yeah, I, and there's, there's
2: more and more. Oh, go ahead, Luis.
1: No, no. Well, I, I was just going to mention it just brings an immense amount of clarity, right? Like, uh, and, you know, when, when you're starting up, you might not have that clarity, right? You might have to try different things to see what you like, what, what works, right? Like that. that's what we did with the agency at first. It was like probably nine different services and then the feedback came back to the content side of things, right? And then within the content, the type of content that we do, right? So, but it it started like that. And then once you accept that, you're like, oh, like I'm at peace with myself. I have massive clarity who I help, right? And then it's so easy to have that conversation now because there's no going to be any friction inside of me. Hence, you know, the conversation is going to be great. So I just want to add that comment in there. Continue, Tyler, please.
2: (laughs) No, I mean, I I think... It's funny how often it comes down to just realizing a lot of the conversations we've had today come back to how a lot of times we we want to apply the way that like the normal business world does things, right? So mm-hmm. the normal career path, the normal like get a job, work in that job, yeah. work up the ladder, right? But if you're gonna be an entrepreneur, if you're gonna be a business owner, you don't. It's different. Yeah. and And the other way isn't bad right? We yeah. need people to build roles and do those things and thrive in that in that position. But if you're going to be an innovator, if you're going to be a creator, you've got to realize like you don't fit that mold. So stop applying those things over into your life. So it's like, okay, you, you grew a company and now you might realize you hate being a CEO or you hate being, uh, you know, the, the, the face of the company, right? Mm-hmm. There's no rule book. Like, Just do what makes you feel most comfortable. Like remove the friction points, remove the things, lean into momentum and do it the way that works best for you. If that means, hey, I'm not going to be, I'm going to step out. I'm going to be the chairman of the board now of this company that I've built and I'm going to let somebody else run it on the day to day. Yeah. Cool. There's no, do whatever makes sense, do whatever fits. And then if that doesn't work, change it again, because again, you don't have to stay married to one idea.
0: Yeah. You just said three of our favorite words (laughs) remove the friction we we love those I mean, you know those are the (laughs) operator yeah those are so tied up to our story because of when we wanted to start publishing since we used to do videos for events and we have some of the equipment and we were used to watching you know these awesomely produced youtube videos when we started we're like we need to look like that we Let's add as much friction as we can <laughs> Before we actually publish anything So we never got anything done And it got to a day that we're like Okay, let's We, we created an internal challenge 45 live Which, shameless plug We are doing it for everybody that wants to join we start, We're start. we going to start February 8th Where we went 45 days in a row Right? Publishing But the, reason, the, the way to do it was to remove the friction So we just went for... Facebook Live for 45 days in a row. It was as simple as that, well, right? So, well, well, hold on. Okay, okay. Fact check. Fact check. I, I don't oh, want. I, I don't want to get into on. the okay. whole story. Like,
2: let's take a, a special timeout for a word from our sponsor. <laughs> Where does somebody go to learn about, about your 45 day challenge?
1: <laughs> yes, like slide into DMs at this Roscoe on Instagram. Uh, you can go to go 45live I believe, Fonzie. Right? Is that it's, is that, it's, it's
0: not on yet? It's not on yet, yeah, but yeah. it
1: will be. So here, here's sure. a, here's a quick parenthesis on, on that story. We're right? Do,
0: we're doing literally that just. Talk the, the yeah. Just
1: start on that because <laughs> we've, shared, we've shared this story so many times and people have been resonating because that's the thing like a lot of uh, people add a lot of unnecessary friction at the very beginning before they start, right? There is a reason we do the show live and I don't think we, we've chatted about this but the reason we do it live is so we can be accountable <laughs> for doing it and we're like... We have to do it. We told people that we were going to do it, so we have to do it, right? And so that's the reason we've done more than 140 episodes by now is because of that reason. And starting 45 Live, and the reason I I screamed fat check to Fonzie is because we said 45 days, but guess what? Guess how long we lasted. Like, this is a cool question. This is a good question.
2: (laughs) So you're supposed to do it every day for 45 days? Yes. How long did you last? I don't
0: know. (laughs) We lasted 15 days.
2: 135. Well, thank you. Thank you.
1: I, you have been the most optimistic answer out yeah, there in the world. Some so people thank say you. like
0: three days. Yeah,
1: <laughs> But you know, it, it comes also, I understand where that is coming from because you are consistent with your content, right? Like you are more than 300 episodes in, you do it like every, almost every single day, right? You're out there sharing your message. Mm-hmm. For us, it was 15 days, but because we got results, we actually got like a massive sell out of it through a connection and then we were implementing and then we told ourselves that we were yeah. busy to not do it and then we did season two and that's why the story kind of resonates and now we're doing season three yeah. and, and see what's up and people are joining and it's, it's going to be incredible. So thank you for allowing us to shameless plug this story <laughs> but to the point is sure it, sure. it, it, it's about <laughs> it's about the the consistency, right? Moving forward and removing that friction so so we can execute it. and I think that's perfect transition unless Fancy has another very smart question. Well, but, the,
0: the, so I did want to make that transition into the content side of things with removing the friction we're brothers maybe maybe who knows but you know i'm curious because at the beginning you said that in i think it was 2010 that you read the four-hour work week and that's how you transition into the e-commerce space and i know you've had tim ferris in your show which is absolutely amazing too but i'm curious you know what was it what made you start the the podcast itself? Cause you started the podcast in 2011, right? So when you were starting yeah. this journey as well. So
2: it's a super weird story of how I started. So again, I, I'm actually like my show starts on the radio, actually plays on old school AM radio, and then it goes to podcasts and everything oh, else. Awesome. right? Yeah. So um, I had, I had followed the four hour work week. I'd launched my first uh, e-commerce story. It had, it was taking off it had, Replace my income and was scaling and all kinds of stuff. So I, uh, one of the things that Tim Ferriss does is say, like in, in the four hour work week, he goes through like, hey, here's how to get more media. You know, contact radio stations and television and see if you can buy remnant, like un like unsold inventory at the last minute. Yeah. So I'm like, cool. I'll just call up all the local stations and see if I can get. It. And so I ended up on the on the phone with um, the owner of one of the local stations and. I, he, I told him what I was looking for and he started asking questions and he's like, man, this is amazing. Like this is really. And so he like threw me on somebody else's show as a guest. <laughs> the next week I was live on air with my own show. Wow. And it was just like, it was really just this weird, in hindsight, I don't know how it happened. It was probably just like me, I was in a yes mood. Yeah, that <laughs> yes. sounds cool. We should totally, we should totally do that. And I, I remember I, I printed out like a year's worth of my blogs just to like have topics to talk about, because it was live radio, you know, <laughs> yeah, I have yeah. to be ready. And then um, and so it's I'm going and it's live, and then it turned into a segmented show that became really awesome. I I would start with like a 10-minute kind of welcome, motivational moment, share, share a cool story of that about entrepreneurship. Then I would have two interviews of entrepreneurs and uh, and then it would, and then I do a wrap up, and I'd have commercial breaks in between. It's a full hour live radio show. Cool. Now I do it as a 28 minute pre recorded show. It's a lot easier, just one guest. But yeah. uh, man, I, I got it. I've I've been able to meet so many amazing people because of the show, and that was mm-hmm. that was really what kept me doing it was the connectivity. I have not done as good of a job on content as I could, uh, and that is something we're leaning into here going into 2021. Because again, the primary reason I did it was just to. It was it was healthy just to share yeah, and yeah. connect. And now I'm like, okay, now we need to amplify. Yeah, um,
1: absolutely. This is probably one of my favorite stories on how a podcast start. And and we talk, <laughs> yeah. we say podcast because obviously the audio goes it there. Is. But it, but It's it, it finds
2: a podcast now
1: too. Yeah, but it, but it's a, it's a platform, right? At the end of the day, it's a platform. Like we we call this our thing show. And we were actually looking into radio about three weeks ago. And and I want to distill some of the information that you shared. Right, like you you started yes. reaching out, and a lot of people are like, how do I how do I do. Reach out, call, ask the people that that are there, like, what's the the way, right? And we literally called in a radio producer that works, uh, probably three of us, and we're like, uh, Gary, how do we actually get on radio? Can we get this show on the radio? Right? Let's see. And... uh, you say a radio show that creates leverage. You're like, oh wow, that sparks an interest. You're different, right? And that and that's it incredible is, thing. It is
2: nice to say like I, I'm I'm on ABC News, right? And so that's incredible. that's a credibility indicator. It's cool for my guests. I can say, hey, you're, you've now been featured on ABC News, like legitimately, not just throwing the picture on your website and <laughs> yeah. pretending.
1: Absolutely. But uh, yeah, ah, <laughs> oh, wow. it's, it's so good. Ah, uh, oh, so 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 many exciting thoughts here because. Uh, Literally, I just jumped off a phone call with somebody that does uh, recruiting for for a lot of companies, right? And they're like, "We're trying to get this world out and create conversations." I'm like, you need a platform. Just create a platform. Uh, it could be a Zoom call where you distribute. Yeah. That's you could distribute anywhere, right? But it, it's and yeah. And I think
2: I think that's what I missed the most at the beginning was really understanding how I should have been leveraged. And what's funny is like I do this for other people, but just again i should have been leveraging it really pushing like okay having calls to action in the show driving them into opt-ins building an email list and uh but the pla- but just having the platform has opened ridiculous number of doors for me yeah. like yeah. i mean uh y- y- yeah it's insane
1: <laughs> you are being incredibly humble with this i just want to say that you got it done man like that's the most important thing and the relationships that you probably have been able to build because of that. Just like for us in this past, like 10 months have been incredible. So yeah,
0: for example, for us, Tyler, there has been a clear before and after the podcast, like before we were literally just struggling with not even with our offer. We didn't know exactly what we wanted to offer. We were all over the place. We didn't feel that, I personally didn't feel that comfortable, you know, talking to Mm -hmm. to people, getting to know people. And the fact of having the platform has, you know, changed everything. And it it, it is a clear after, because after we got the platform is when we finally started implementing and focusing not only on the service side, but but building the relationships, right? And these relationships have been the ones that have allowed us to scale in a sense, right? And and gathered new eyeballs, if you want to put it that way, new yeah. attention. I mean, yeah. we have you right here today thanks to Bart Miller, right? That we managed to have on the podcast before. He was like episode, what well, was it, 56? And we had Bart Miller because we connected with someone before that <laughs> introduced us to Bart. So it's incredible what could happen if you, if you have yeah. a platform and, and leverage those relationships.
2: For the first two years of my show, one of the main ways that i would get guests is i would say what am i trying to learn in my business and then i would put out a thing saying hey i'm looking for experts in what (laughs) what tyler needs to learn
1: yes and then i would
2: have those people come on the show and share all of their secrets that they would normally charge like major consulting fees or wouldn't even meet with you so i I mean the the number of like best-selling authors Mm. and top top performing entrepreneurs all these things like that really cool people that they they, at the time, they didn't have a platform or a way to share. So they were like, yeah, I'll come on your show and share it. Yeah, Like I never could have picked up the phone and said, Hey, Tim Ferriss, can you, can I ask you 30 minutes worth of questions? Like mm-hmm. never, never, but he <laughs> but then, no but he reached out to me. <laughs> yeah, Like his, his team reached out to me and said, Hey, Tim, Tim's got his new book coming out. He'd love to do be on your show as part of his book tour. And I'm like, yeah, I'd love uh, to talk to one of my all-time mentors and like <laughs> see about getting him on the show. Yes, yes. I would whatever. have, I would have,
1: have loved to see the behind-the-scenes on that phone call. You know, as soon as you hung up, uh, what happened the after that would have been incredible. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, the the, the random curveball in it is about a week before I had gotten a cease and desist from his legal team, uh, and but totally unrelated. Like my other business was doing something. Like we were just getting a we were getting a cookbook made, and uh, and he was. So we were using a term that he used in one of his like blog posts. And then he was coming out with the four-hour chef, which was starting to mm-hmm. use some of his own terms. So they were just doing their IP, IP protection, yeah. right? They are just doing normal stuff. But like the timing and the uh, the irony <laughs> of like, hey, cease and desist. And hey, we'd love to be on your show. And I'm like, okay, oh, two worlds, separate. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so contra- so, such a contradicting image in there. It's like, which one do, oh, do yeah. I go? But I bet it was amazing. And what year did, did you interview him?
2: Uh, I think that was 2013.
0: So about two well, years after, like three years after reading his book, two years after you started your podcast, you get yeah. the chance to connect with him. Wow, that is amazing.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, for for us, it was very similar with Todd Brown. Uh, you know, oh, cool. it, yeah, and he was episode 40, right? And and it, there's there's his probably going to come back a second time and uh, you know so many people right like what's the opportunity to be able to have that conversation with people like him people like you right and I I think that shows the power of that platform and then what you do after, right? It, it, it can tie down to your personal lives. Mm-hmm. On the relationship side, it could tie down to the business side if there's a mutual beneficial opportunity there for, for everybody involved. Uh, so there's so much there to unpack and I highly encourage people to start, you know, putting their message out there. Like remove the friction Like we talked with Tyler here. He does it very well in his business. He identifies exactly what he's really good at. Uh, he's willing to take risks, right? And, and these are all the things that we talk about content and, and to put it out there, right? Like there's the reason we do we use certain tools to remove the friction, like that's why we use StreamYard, it's very simple to use. We were trying Ecamm Live earlier and it did not work,
0: yep. so we're like, <laughs> let's go back to StreamYard, right? Like, remove the friction for execution. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I, I do have a question that, that just popped in my head, right? Because again, we sure. were talking about how this past year you focus in, the, in your ag- agency side of things and your superpower is going from zero to 100k per month, right? Of course, you are more into the e commerce side of things. But I'm guessing with the agency, you have, you know, a lot of input from a lot of people that you're helping out. What is, you know, the the biggest challenge maybe that is holding someone from going from zero to 100K per month, right? And again, I'm going off the topic too of what would Luis, what what does Luis wants to learn here? And and now I'm like, "Mm, I do want to learn that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So um, if I had to like ascribe a percentage, I would say like, okay. 70% 70 percent of the time it's the entrepreneur's mindset right and that could be a limiting belief or a mm-hmm. false ego right like i've like oh i'm not willing to learn because i don't want anyone to know that i don't already know this it's like well if you want to go from a to b like you've got to admit you don't you've never been to b yet yeah and so why don't you talk to someone that's already been there and like it's a, and have some humility yep. so the, it, or the limiting belief of I'm not I'm not capable I don't know how to do it right I would say th- that double-edged sword of, of mindset is probably the biggest two factors um, and then even sometimes there's people who are who are humble they're open-minded they're they're ready to learn and they just haven't been able to find the skill or the person or the connectivity yet that's mm-hmm. just circumstance, and sometimes the reality is not everyone is getting the same opportunities, right? Yeah. Yeah. Some people are, are born next to a guy who can be their mentor, and they meet him and they know him, and they're going to move faster. And that's just the reality of circumstance. Yeah. And then the very last thing I, I would say that holds people back is just uh, the, the fear of taking action. Like yeah. they just aren't doing it. Like, yeah. and so you you look at a lot of businesses that say they want to grow, but then you then you ask them, "Well, what are they doing to grow?" And like nothing yeah and like it's like well then you don't want to grow you want the <laughs> results but you don't want to go through the pain of getting there I and mean, you guys are athletes right it's like hey you're not gonna you're not gonna become like a top scoring striker yep. if you never train. Yep. Right? So, like, you got to go get on the pitch and train. Uh,
0: Absolutely. First of all, I appreciate you putting it in, in soccer terms. That means a lot, Tyler.
2: <laughs>
1: <Yes>. <laughs> but,
0: but, yeah. I, I,
1: I, I was an athlete right now. I'm more like the Bolt. So, I, I'm <laughs> about to roll down the field instead of, like, running on the field. But that's okay. This serves as motivation for me. People that follow us know the story. It's okay. We don't have to go there. Uh...
2: <laughs> we, no. we, we need to get hey, him active, could, you Tyler. Could, you could be big and popular like Barca and about to go bankrupt. So.
1: I, I, don't remind me. That's my team, man. Come on. Uh, it's uh, I lo- I love how it inter- don't, don't talk about Arsenal. Yeah, yeah this is going to this is gonna be
0: a, another Part episode. Part two, sorry, this section of it. <laughs> uh, I love yeah. it. So Tyler, how do? You, okay, I I love it. I love the the mindset. I especially love the ego side of it. I think we're so tied to to that. And personally, I think people are starting to realize more, and there's been more conversations about that. I do think uh, there's a lot of resistance into that because a lot of people that start from zero, I feel they have the belief that it's all about tactics and strategies, right? And honestly, that was me, honestly, and I'm sure my brother, a a little bit less than me probably, but uh, four years ago when we were starting and we had the sticker company and the t-shirt company and then we started the digital marketing agency, I was like, what are the strategies to make all these sales? How can I sit in the couch eating (laughs) chips in my underwear and make a bunch of money, right? And it turns out it's definitely not like that. Now I'd like to talk more about principles, right? These principles of success. And definitely the mindset comes into those principles. What have you noticed that have been those principles for you inside of your business that have guided you to where you are right now?
2: In the end, bad traffic uh, will convert if the offer is great. Amazing traffic Mm. won't convert on a crappy offer. So in the end, you have to make something or provide a service that people actually want. That's number one. Make something amazing. Mm. Quit doing crappy stuff. Like, make whatever you're doing amazing. Start there and then work backwards about okay now how do i get this in front of the people that that need to see it yeah and that can be done a million different ways but like i think sometimes people are like and i, I made the mistake early on in my ecom business i need more traffic i need more traffic and i'm like man what if i could just double my conversions like i'm already getting people to the site what if i just yeah. made the product better mm. like what if what if i made the experience better what if what if i had people buying again because it was such a great experience right and i and i think sometimes people skip that And they're just like, I need traffic. I just need Facebook Mm -hmm. needs to send me all their traffic. And I'm like, well, they may not let you even run an ad on their platform. So make sure the product's good enough that wherever you do get traffic from, it's gonna be good.
0: Absolutely. I, I, I want to relay that to content because in here, when we're creating content, that is the offer, right? This is a product that, and a lot of people, our perception was that if the production was amazing, we had a quality piece of content. And that couldn't be farther from the truth. Like, I'm sure a lot of people have been victims in here of watching this amazingly (laughs) produced video that lasts maybe eight minutes. And a minute in, you're like, oh, I'm done with it. Like, next video. I don't really care about it.
2: And it's because. Yeah, it didn't didn't matter that the sound quality was good, that the color lighting was right. It didn't matter because the person was saying garbage.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and that's what happened to us at first. We're like, we just need that quality was that exterior thing. And when we started 45 live, I'm bringing it back again. (laughs) The way what we started telling ourselves was quality of the message over quality of the production. I mean, how many webinars have I sit through and watch a talking head for an hour, hour and a half? Right. I'm like, that's a piece of quality content right there is delivering a lot of value and it's keeping my attention for a long time. And then a lot of the times I was buying right after. So (laughs) if we approach right content with the same principle that you just talked about, right? Do amazing stuff, stuff that people really want to either consume or be a part of. That is a starting point. That is a great, great starting point. So, and I love how we had George brand in, in the, um, in the, in the show. And he was telling us like, every time I write a, write an email, I asked myself the question, would I send this to my grandma? And I was like, that is such a good question. Like, would I send yeah. this episode to my grandma? Absolutely. We, we would, Absolutely. They, they wouldn't
1: understand a word cause they don't know English, but it's fine. It's still good.
0: <laughs> I will still send it. Uh, yeah. I will
1: I would take that as your action point. Um, Tyler, like do amazing stuff, right? And, and and reiterate and listen to your audience and go back and be like, How can I make this more amazing so people can buy more from it? Right. Like that that's one yeah. of the reasons of, of why yeah. we offer a service and, and people keep coming b- back month after month, right? Like we we really focus on that experience and then after that you can really focus on that. So I, I love that unless yeah. you wanna add something else to to something. No, that- I,
2: I just I wanna be clear because I feel like in one breath I said it's just important to start like don't wait to be perfect to start and then the other breath i'm saying but 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 be amazing and that can create a little bit of like a mm. stress point for the people who are not good starters and i think it's important to understand the direction has to be towards amazing yes but you have to start you won't ever get to amazing you won't get to great content if you don't start learning how to tell stories or start or just even practice so it's yeah. like the way i always tell people is like hey treat the first round as like a beta like, hey, this is a practice run, yeah. right? And yeah. but just do it, and then be like, okay, but my goal down the road is, I know that it needs to become amazing. Like, so don't don't create such a big hurdle, right? Remove exactly. the friction, re- get yeah. into momentum. Don't don't create such a big hurdle that has to be perfect. Yeah, but just know that it can't. Like, you might suck at your message. Like, you might suck at the delivery of the story. But the message and the intention has to be amazing.
1: Yeah. Thank, mm-hmm. Thanks for clarifying that. I mean, you, you would have seen the first episodes that we did. It was literally in that corner right there with like this little table. And it was just the camera in our faces. Obviously, the show has evolved and it will continue to evolve. But if we didn't do that, then we would not have a show, right? Or or do the awesome things yeah. and the connections that, that we have now. We, so, we, Actually, with
0: our second guest, we had like so many technical oh, issues. Yeah. It was so <laughs> bad. But we're like... We're still doing it, and <laughs> I, I, I still to today don't know how that gets. Yeah, thank you, Marley. Throughout the, the conversation with us, it, it was amazing. Uh, Be, before you deliver the the final ninja oh, question, yeah, Tyler, <laughs> I, I'm curious, do you have any specific or favorite questions that you ask your your guests when you when you look when you have them on your show?
2: So I have a starting question and an ending question. Which one do you want?
0: Oh, well, give, give them both of them. You know, we're here to learn anyway. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Let's do so it. The first, the, my starting question is always, when was that moment that you first realized you were an entrepreneur? Mm. Right? So am I asking myself or am I asking it to you?
0: Well, no, I, I was going to ask it to you, but you told us that it okay. was when you were You,
2: you already know, know. Know, five years old. Yeah, five years see old. The world. and I didn't realize it then, but I realized later, I just don't see the world like my siblings or my parents. I, I see the world differently. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the second question is that I ask after I end the show, and then I come back for like a secret question, and all of those answers, including like Alex Romozi and everything, are available only through a, a really small subscription fee that uh, where, is launching where, next month. work. Oh, oh, sweet. Okay.
1: Yeah. You, yeah. You, we're gonna definitely plug this in. So tell us the question, then we'll plug it in.
0: Whoa, whoa! Wait, before we keep going, please. So you can listen to Tyler's answer to his epic question. Go to tylerjorgenson.com and subscribe for his epic membership area. All right, let's keep going. I love it, Tyler. (laughs) And you know what? you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking that we should actually cut this part off right here, and I'm going to put in a segment Guys, if you want to hear Tyler's answer to this question, you should go to, and then Tyler, where should they go? Where are we sending them?
2: Yeah, so it'll be from TylerJorgensen.com. I'll have a place there where people can sign up and uh, and get all of those all of those secret questions from about over 150 guests. Wow.
0: Oh,
1: that's going to be
2: that's so amazing.
1: Well, like we said here on the show, so juicy, so good. There we go. Okay. <laughs> so juicy,
0: I like it. <laughs> Let's yeah. go. So Tyler, I'm going to do that. I'm going to, I'm actually going to chop this, your question and I'm going to send it to you so you can, you can put it in there. I mean, it is still here in, fa- in Facebook live for those that, you know, are, are willing to cool. come in here, dig into the archives and <laughs> check it out. But yeah. we'll, we'll do that wow. for the podcast. It'll be fun. Tyler, last question uh this is our last
1: question is where will you be if you did not publish
2: uh, you know i wouldn't be doing this kind of cool stuff because you never would i wouldn't have connected with you and and that sort of thing i think the biggest thing the biggest impact that publishing has done for me is uh consistently help me find my voice mm. right like it's it's having conversations like this where you say something that gives yourself chills you're like oh crap that's like one of my banner moments like that's i need to say mm. that more yeah. and communicate that more and so I think, uh, that's one of the reasons I like clubhouse. I think a lot of people that don't have their own platforms can have, get on stage and practice yes. and you've got to get your reps in. If you want to, if you want to figure out what it, what you're, you know, you got to find your voice. Absolutely. So I think that's the big thing. It's helped me.
1: Wow. That, wow. Thank you so much for that yeah. answer. It's thank exactly you. the same, the, the same effect that is mm. been having on us. Uh, are you sleeping? Are you sleeping with clubhouse? Are you able to sleep? <laughs>
2: I recently, uh, have found, I've minimized my notifications. I even like turned them off for a week, yeah. uh, because I love it, but like, there's a lot going on. And so yeah. it's, it's not my <laughs> highest, priority. but, uh, yeah, you no, got to, Hey, like in your life, right. You got to define what you need and eliminate things that don't support. Be deliberate. Beautiful. Right? Yeah. T- take
1: action, execute, you know, remove friction and continue to do it. Dude. Tyler, thank you so much for your time, your amazing uh, answers, and a great conversation. Yeah. I hope it was great for you too. Anything that you want to add, add that, that we might have missed?
2: No, I just, my big call to action right now it's 2021 going into this year. Just realize, like, whatever it is that you want to achieve, know that that's possible and more. Go after it. Chase your dreams. Like, be crazy. Like, don't be afraid of risk attack it
0: yeah yeah
1: all right guys on that note thank you so much thank you so much for tuning into the contents profit podcast go ahead and subscribe hit smash that subscribe button and follow us on social media at Base Brosco.
0: that is right and if you find this episode (laughs) impactful and you want to be a ninja just like tyler please don't forget to share it and and leave a five-star review thank you bye guys